You know, you spend so much time sitting at a desk. Maybe you should think about standing at a desk. (laughs) That is so true. I am actually really excited about Uplift Desk. You get to choose so many things like the color of the desktop, the size of the desktop, and they have so many standing desks. I move around all day to get all the different things done between the podcast and real job, etc. So this Uplift Standing Desk, super excited about. And we should also point out if you've never used a standing desk, they move so you don't have to always stand. In fact, they recommend that you should spend about 45 minutes of every hour standing, 15 minutes sitting, because if you spend too much time, you'll strain your back. I also love the fact that they include free shipping. They have free a warranty, a 15-year warranty, not to mention accessories with your desk purchase. And don't worry, they don't wobble. It's completely stable. It's built to last, and you can tell with a 15-year warranty. If you want to look into yours, go to upliftdesk.com slash TCO. You're going to get 5% off your order. That's up L I F T desk.com slash TCO to get 5% off your entire order. It's more than just your output, more than a bike. When you hear your shout out, you know it's all right. Put on your magic pants and let's go. We're cruising into the power zone. Clip in, set yourself free. Come on and take a ride with me. Welcome to the Clip Out, episode 96. This is Crystal O'Keefe. And this is Tom O'Keefe. And we can finally record now that you're done crying. Yes. (laughs) Yes. For all of you who don't know, my daughter's dog, which we is part of our family, her name is Kara, uh, got loose last night and ran into traffic and and hit by a car. And so we did not... Hit by two cars. Yeah, hit by two cars. She kind of bounced off one and the other and it was horrifying and... um, so she survived the night. We are waiting right now for our update from the vet to and tell us. When we were at the emergency clinic last night, they told us that no news is good news. Yes. And they also felt like if she makes it through the night it's and, good. and that that's a really good sign that everything's going to be OK. They were mainly basically looking for internal lung damage and that they would see that pretty quickly if it was there. So the fact that they haven't called is a really good thing. But yes. we have no official updates. Yeah, no official update. But I will be posting on the page when I get one. And, and they also said that hopefully uh, that the lung thing, it's really the first 24 hours. So we're, yeah. we're still a little... We're still a little nervous, but uh, feeling much better than last night. So, As of this recording, we're at about, what, the 14, 15 hour mark. Yeah. So we're, we're pretty deep into the, we're getting the 24 there. hours. We're getting so there. Fingers so. crossed. So, And thank you for all the kind messages and comments. And you guys are so supportive and sweet. Thank yeah. you so much. It was, it was nice to wake up to. I turned off all my notifications so I could actually sleep last night. But I kept the <laughs> ringer on loud so that I could wake up and in case the phone rang. Yes. So, so and to uh, I, I don't know that I should share this part of the story, <laughs> but I'm going to. OK, this is kind of how we are. OK, guys, I ran. He ran. I, I legit. Ran. I mean, as legit as running could possibly be for me. But like I we were trying to get the dog back and it was we our house backs up to a very, very busy street. And so I, we were just like, oh, no, the, she was just sprinting like a maniac with no clue that there was two ton vehicles, vehicles roaring by. And so we were trying to get her back. So I ran. Yes. So that shows you. 
Yes, he did. He he took off immediately. So so there. But don't get your hopes up. That he's going to run again. That was pretty much the extent. So I'm gone. My hopes are all for Kara today. So yes. we'll worry about your exercise <laughs> another day. So, yeah. Don't don't think this is going to be a trend. <laughs> I, but there was exercise. That's my exercise for the decade. I think I'm good. So <laughs> we'll we'll revisit this in my late fifties. <laughs> so uh, in light uh, of that, what do we have in store for people? Uh, well, we have some past guest updates, some instructor updates, uh, some news about Peloton. We're going to very briefly cover what happened this week with Music Gate, okay. um, and uh, then we're going to give. An update on HRI and uh, some some competition news. Awesome. Well, I guess before we get to that, shameless plugs. Don't forget, we're available on Apple Podcasts. You can go there, rate, review, subscribe. We have a new review. Yay! It is from uh, Smoke Depot. Well, that sounds mysterious. It sounds like somebody likes the weed. Uh, so it says world class podcast discussing everything Peloton. Uh, if you're into Peloton and since they are literally taking over the fitness world, why wouldn't you be? Then you need to listen to this world class podcast. Crystal and Tom bring us this podcast on a weekly basis discussing everything going on in the world of Peloton. You'll get all the latest news on the bike, tread, instructors, and Pelo community, what's coming next, and much more. They also have an in depth interview with a member of the Peloton community each week. All of this is put together in a beyond enjoyable way with humor and flair that only Crystal and Tom can bring. It's the best part of my week, hanging with friends, discussing what we enjoy most together, Peloton. Thanks for a fantastic podcast. Keep them coming. LB name, One Late Night Man. So thank you very much. Thank you. And uh, I... I recognize your leaderboard name because you are always so supportive on uh, Instagram and Facebook. So thank you very much. And we appreciate that. So uh, also don't forget, we're available on Facebook. So if you want to stay up to date on things in the wonderful world of the clip out, like here's a picture of an injured dog. Uh, the best way to do that is go to Facebook.com slash the clip out. Uh, and while you're there, you can join the group as well. And uh, there, that's all of that. I guess let's dig in, shall we? Sure. It's time for news of the Peloton. I guess we can begin with past guest updates. Yeah. But before we do, okay, I would like to to sneak in something that's not on the list you sent me. Okay. Uh, I think we can kind of file this under past guest updates. It's a current host update. <laughs> okay. About about one of us. What? About you? What? What? Well, I you won't tell people this, so I will. Okay. So I don't know what we're telling people. So you signed up for medical study. I did. And you were like, and the medical study was, I don't know, something to do with science and and exercise or something. I don't know. <laughs> and uh, but you were like, oh, I'm going to get a free uh, free VO2 max and a free deck uh, of cards. Dexa scan. Dexa scan. <laughs> and uh, and so you had to get up at like four o'clock in the morning. To go take, do your VO2 max Yeah And you were legally barred from the study I was You were kicked out of the study after you did the VO2 max Yes Because <laughs> you were too fit Yeah <laughs> I mean, they were looking for women in my age range that met between 50 and 80% and, of and, VO2 max And right. I came back at 90th percentile Right So, so so uh, all your exercise has paid off It has, so, yes And I know that's something you would never I would never Say on your own <laughs> No, because so, so much attention You're making me blush I know, so I will say it for you 
I thought that was really cool that you were too fit to do a medical study. I once got kicked out of one for not being fit enough. I couldn't pass a breathing test. I'm like, really? It's breathing. Am I breathing wrong? What is that? Like, do you have asthma? I'm like, no, I'm just lazy. But uh, so congratulations well, and thank good job. You. Thank you. So we now return you to your past guest updates already in progress. Oh, my cheeks hurt from smiling, which is nice because it's better than crying. <laughs> uh, so um, I think a, a much larger accomplishment is our own Chrissy Blackwood uh, completed the Tokyo Marathon. It was her fourth major. And uh <laughs> Poor Chrissy, she has not had a break in like the last year. Every race she's done has been in the rain, and this was no exception. So I think what Chrissy needs to do is find areas that are suffering from drought <laughs> and then go run marathons. But there. even California had the super bloom this year. Right. <laughs> There's nowhere left. There's, There's nowhere. nowhere left. Go be desert, maybe, Chrissy. Right. Uh, but, um, the Sahara Marathon. <laughs> I thought it was really cool. They took the whole family, and she had updates every day. And uh, we are very, very proud of you. That's an amazing accomplishment. Awesome. Yes, absolutely. There is also an instructor update. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember me telling you about Oliver making cookies? Okay. Yes, of course I remember cookies. Oliver's cookies. I knew you would. Yeah. Well, um, Olivia Amato is is putting her own kind of spin on on trying to interact with the public a little Mm -hmm. more. And so uh, she has decided to host a monthly book club. I thought that was really cool. Um, The very first book that is is being put out there is called The Four Agreements. It's by Don Miguel Ruiz. And uh, so if you go to Olivia Amato's Pelican, Page, you will see an event there. Um, it's from March 11th through March 25th, and you can use that event to actually discuss the book. Okay. And then um, she's going to do a second event. For the second half of the month And then she will Or the 30 day period And then uh, she's going to have a Facebook live She's going to host that So that you can discuss it live as well So that's cool Yeah, if you're interested in that You know, obviously uh, You may not have that book laying around But you can easily get it on Kindle Or you can A lot of libraries let you check them out too Yeah, the libraries have books Well, and I meant you could check it out electronically You (laughs) can also, of course, check it out Like the real actual physical book That's always a thing And the book was The Four Agreements The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz Which is why Um which is why she's not doing this on the OPP Is because Nobody could agree There's never been four agreements on the OPP <laughs> Not in a row So Like it's Can't happen Nice Tom <laughs> And it is Women's History Month It is Should I have gotten you a card? Yes Uh-oh. You should have And today March 8th Is Women's International History Day uh, and and so this whole month is all about women's history. Uh, there are several rides that are going to be focused on this topic. I, I know a couple of instructors have already had them. I heard that Jen Sherman's Diva ride was amazing. So I'm hoping to get to check that out soon. Maybe I'll get to check it out today. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, But you get a special badge. I'm all about the badges. I know some people think they're silly. Don't care. Love it. And um, so go get your badge. But check out the women's history. There's, there's rides. There's runs. And I know that there are yoga uh, There's yoga happening too So lots of options Check it out And there's more controversy (laughs) In the world of music licensing Yeah Yeah So um, Tom and I have decided We're going to create a, A separate episode To dive into music rights Because we've been doing research And it is incredibly 
just deep. It's real deep. It's hyper complex, and um, it, it's hard to even research it because it's so it's so complex. And r- laws are still being you know written. Things are still being discussed. But here are the facts of what went down. If you're like, what are you guys talking yeah, about? What happened now? So more rides were removed this week, and primarily it was Guns and Roses rides. Uh, there at this point, from a factual base, the, this is what I know. Uh, the all of the Guns and Roses rides were removed, with the exception of the All for One ride. Um, the song that is on there, for anyone wondering, is Welcome to the Jungle. And uh, I think that's what I told you. That's what you said, Welcome to the Jungle. Okay, I started to second guess myself. I um, All this Guns and Roses talk, I've been listening to Guns and Roses all week, so now I'm getting... So there's my, an upside. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, the reason... I mean, there's several reasons. First of all, Guns N' Roses is awesome, and they're great to ride to because they're really pumped. You know, it's good pumped right. music. But in particular, this this um, affected a lot of people uh, for a couple of reasons. One, JJ had done a Guns N' Roses ride. It was all Guns N' Roses. And... Um, that one was special to a lot of people. I know uh, Sam Atari that we just interviewed recently. That right. was her thousandth ride. Oh, that okay. She just recently had a thousandth ride, and that was that was removed. And um, and then of course Jen Sherman. Uh, they just had the Jen's Men ride in the studio where they did the calendar, and you know they did the the whole presentation to her, and they did their own little mini HRI. Well, that got taken down as well, and like really quickly too. Like it's yeah. not like some rides get taken down. They've been up for a, a while where this one was taken down. Like with Within a few days of it occurring Exactly And so yeah. a lot of people Didn't get to do the ride So so just some things that You know Were awful to read Is that people Felt like Peloton doesn't care People felt like You know That, that Peloton Just doesn't respect Their riders and, and that they're getting Big and corporate And that's why All this is happening And I, I mean, you guys are obviously entitled to your own feelings and you can believe whatever you want to believe. I just I just want you to know personally, I think there's a lot going on here that that Peloton can't share with us um, with the pending IPO. And uh, and also, I mean, I think I just have a feeling there's reasons they can't tell us things. And yeah. so I I do not believe that they just suddenly don't give a shit. I don't think I think that it bothered them to take down a ride any ride that meant that much to people Yeah and the music licensing Laws are like they are Still very much in flux It's it's not as simple as like Well just do what you need to do And, and cut the check like it's It's not that simple and and There's a lot of different ways to license song. Like there's a lot of different ways to have Rights to the songs there's the there's The performance aspect of who's actually Performing on the record but then There's also who wrote the song but Then sometimes People who wrote the songs have sold those rights and then other people own those rights or so one of the writers has died and now his or her estate is in flux and you have kids fighting over it or kids fighting with the with the guy's third wife or, uh, you know, there's there and, are so many components. And I know <coughs> from from talking to some of you on the OPP this week that some of you are saying, yeah, well, Peloton should have had their shit together. Like, yeah. But but let me say this. I don't think that some of you realize there's not like a database that you go look at and right. like and and there's all the people who might have an interest in the song and you just go, hey, people, can we do this? Like it doesn't work that way. Yeah, there, and and that's one of the most maddening things in in that industry is that there isn't this one database. The the closest they have for what they call mechanical rights is something called the I think the Harry Fox 
Association or Harry Fox Company. But and so they have a lot of it, but they don't have all of it. There isn't a master location that you just go and say, is this okay? What's it cost? And so it's it's a very Byzantine convoluted process. And then when you add in that you're trying to do it on a brand new technology that no one ever considered its existence when these laws were written. And again, I, I think I referenced this on a previous episode. If you want the rights to record a song, you have to get the, what's called the mechanical license. And the reason it's called the mechanical license is because it was originally those laws were originally written for the music that was used by player pianos. So like th- that's that's how old the infrastructure that props up copyrights for music are. And then in a, in addition or is. <laughs> and then in addition to that something else that I think not everybody is aware of is it's not these aren't these aren't like permissions that you get by artist. They are permissions that have to be um secured by song. And so um if it's you know it gets even more complex like if you want to talk about guns and roses specifically uh tom was pointing out that they have an entire record that is done by they have nothing but covers on that record the spaghetti incident is all covered so there's a nazareth song on there um you know knocking on heaven's door is a bob dylan song what since i fell for you is i mean i don't know who who did that originally the mills brothers or something but yeah it's um it but yeah so it's like you it's not just as easy as going to guns and roses and saying i'd like the rights to your songs for for usage over here because you also have to go to whoever owns the rights from a publishing standpoint for having written those songs. Yeah. And again, it's a nightmare. It and, is. And then a lot of the Guns N' Roses songs are credited to just Guns N' Roses. So that means that like anybody who's ever been a band member also. Any, yeah. Anybody who was a band member when that song was recorded owns a piece of that song. And then all it takes is one guy who's mad at that band now to be like, mm, no. Yeah, and 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 just to be clear, I don't know what happened or right. what didn't happen. Like I'm I'm just letting you guys know that it's super complex. It's really that's really our goal is to just let you guys know that this is not this is not something that like somebody just didn't do their job. Like even if they did everything perfectly, something could have gotten missed. Yeah. Because there is so much complexity to it. And don't forget uh, Peloton is on top of the freaking world right now. So, I mean, they've also got a target on their back. They got a huge target <laughs> on their back. Like, if people want to go after them to get money. So, like, let's not forget that either. Um, the only statement that I saw that Peloton uh, put out there was from support, and support did say that, like, hey, Spotify had their licensing taken away, therefore Peloton had to. I don't really understand what that means because all the music is still on Spotify. So, I, I I'm not saying right that that was. Like an incorrect statement I'm just saying I don't know what They're referring to Specifically with licensing But keep in mind Video Having the video streaming In addition To what is happening On uh, With the music Is a whole New technology That has never been done It completely changes The component So it's not as simple As just like Well if it's on Spotify Then it must be okay to, To stream here It's That adds a whole other Element to it And it's just 
So much for doing a separate episode I know right We kind of just got into it I know It's hard It just pulls you in It does Okay so we're going to leave it at that But um, I know everybody's upset I just wanted to let you know That that's that's our take on it Leave it where where you will Yeah And uh, you have a little little HRI update Or homecoming update Yes I do One day Uh, I'll get used to that I know It was my fault for writing HRI I was in a I was in a hurry Uh, Yes So last week On episode 95 When we talked about homecoming And I had said Hey they just announced They're going to do These special homecoming Only workouts Surely that will be In addition to At least that's what I think Well I was wrong Um, So you get one workout Over the three days Uh, The facts behind that Or Peloton are saying That you know We have 3,000 people coming And because we have 3,000 people coming You only get one class Because there's only So many teachers To go around There's only so many people You can put in a class So that includes Your If you're doing yoga If you're doing A running class At the At the uh, tread studio If you're doing a, A ride At the bike studio Or If you wanted to do The 5k That's outdoors so you have six things to choose from, but you only get one. Um, I heard that they're so pressed on classes that if you have to run to catch a cab, that counts. <laughs> Is that true? That's not true. Okay. Uh, I will also point out that I'm really curious to see what this 3,000 people thing is because it's the last I heard it was at the Hammerstein Ballroom, which holds 2,300 people. So either they moved it again or they're anticipating that not all of those people will attend the party. Whatever that means I don't know I'm just letting you know What I read on the website So it's just interesting Well we bought day one We better get in (laughs) Well the days Have nothing to do With the events Let's not even Get into that And and so April 2nd Mark your calendars That's when So on the 31st of March They're going to release What the, the schedule will be So you have all weekend To look at it And then on Monday You have to book your class So it's first come First serve So be ready I'm glad that they're Giving people a heads up to look Time at the schedule to, Yeah To dig in to see what what's available bef- So it's not It'll just It'll still be chaos There will yes. still be pissed people Well there always are Oh and also I, I was told that You cannot You're not supposed to be able To transfer your ticket this year I was Somebody sent me a message They had received back from support That like if you decide not to go And you haven't You know You, you didn't get your money back You cannot transfer your ticket this year Interesting Yeah Good to know Yes it is So last week we talked about uh, Fitness trackers at work Yes And just like What does that mean Are they watching you Yes And uh, And we had some uh, We had uh, an interesting Reply We did Irene Bassock replied Uh, So She is an employment Attorney And she let us know That companies Cannot legally Rely on Or use healthcare data To make adverse Employment decisions It's completely Against the law She felt like That the article In the post Didn't necessarily Have all the research Behind it Uh, She said that She anticipates And this is just Her opinion um, That they'll begin To see employers Use this type of data To prevent workplace Injuries uh, To reduce Workers compensation Costs It is isn't really viable to any legitimate business reason for tracking the employees. So you could, the information that is used for legal business purposes, like locating a missing car or finding an employee in an active shooting scenario, that's the kind of thing that, like when when they say tracking employees like that, right. that would be... That would be helpful Uh, Employee activities or workouts have no practical Use for employers because they can't make Decisions based on that type of information But even in addition to that the data Collected by third parties only provide summary Aggregate type information to management So it would be very rare for you to Actually see a drill down to the personal Level unless a special (laughs) unless A special request was made from the legal department Like during some kind of investigation Right so basically it, It would be highly unlikely to use it 
the way we were fearing that it could be used. And I guess where I'm confused is in the article, I mean, they actually referenced the guy saying, like, my boss was like, hey, Bob, see your step counts up. Yeah, and and so I think that that might be a kind of a one-off because it's a small company. Gotcha. You know, and, and I think that might be what she was alluding to when she was saying it didn't have a lot of research behind it because right. it sounds like from her perspective, from Irene's perspective, they did, like, they talked to one tiny little company and one right. tiny guy. Like, they didn't they didn't look at companies right. overall. And, and it's like, and I Figured that that would be illegal but that doesn't Mean companies won't do it and my Other my other concern would be You know if they're getting ready to lay off a thousand Employees can they pull that data And go well you know let's Lay off the thousand that are the Biggest health risk that could potentially cost Us more money down the line and That would be a, a quick and easy way To to kind of weed out Those people without Being able to get kind Of Nailed for it Yeah And and so I, I mean The way Irene Is presenting this Is that That's not really possible Because most of what They're going to be getting Is just summary information sure. And so They shouldn't have The breakdown Unless they specifically Requested it And then Then that company Would kind of They would have to Make a request To get that level of detail So it would kind of be A, a tracking on that Like that would be the Kind of the check and balance like, right. I mean Obviously this is all, you know, speculative, speculative, yeah. and we don't have any knowledge of any of this happening. But it, if it were to, you would think that that would be enough of a balance to keep that company in check. One would so, hope. Yeah. But we but since Irene took the time to send us such a well thought out response, Absolutely. we wanted to pass it along because we probably alarmed people and that was not our goal. But we wanted to. No, it's fun. <laughs> it's fun to alarm people. <laughs> but we wanted to allay any fears that we might have inadvertently caused. I think we should alarm people more often. Did you know that the pedals on the bike can cause rickets? Oh my god, Tom. What? No. Should I say that? <laughs> Mike Kale sent us an interesting article about the 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 rower thing. Yeah. I'm making the rowing motion. He's rowing. He's rowing, y'all. It's like I'm doing the cabbage patch. Hey. <laughs> Oh, this makes me wish we had done this on video. I I look terrible. I would have done it if people could see it. I only do it for you. Uh, The company is called Hydro. And uh, so I I also, before I tell you about the rest of the article, I have to say that the uh, headline said it's called the Peloton of Rowing. So that just cracks yeah. me up. Like Peloton is now a descriptor, right? When including anything else, and I mean we've seen this before, but it just keeps cracking me up. Anyway, they recently raised twenty million dollars. Uh, they are their Series A funding. They are planning to use the proceeds of this round of funding. They're going to expand Hydro's reach across the country and have live demos for customers. So they say that this Hydro, I think I've mentioned this before, uh, engages eighty six percent of muscles compared to forty four percent for biking and running so it's like more bang for your buck from getting in shape they also mentioned that they have future plans to expand to bring other outdoor activities to a home workout environment so that's a big question mark i don't even know what that means yeah i I wouldn't have guessed that they would do this either though so i i don't know uh it comes with a 22 inch screen which i thought was interesting just slightly bigger than the original peloton right and they plan to have live live stream Classes and I get it on demand. Yeah, they're rowing. I yeah. wonder if they're going to sing like "Row, Row, Row Your Boat." Will that wow. be the kind of music? I don't have to find out who owns the rights first. <laughs> uh, right now, it retails for twenty one ninety nine, and they are completely sold out. But they are accepting pre orders, and so far since two thousand seventeen, they have sold more than fifteen hundred. That doesn't seem like very many. It doesn't. That seems that seems like not I would have thought more as much as I see it, but I guess because it's so linked with Peloton, 
that I see a lot of it. You know, I yeah, see like the articles. It, I see the. It's hard to talk about the product without mentioning Peloton. Yeah, the business model is the same. But God, my fear would be fifteen hundred. Like. That's not very many Like are they making enough money To continue producing the content Well people would have said the same About Peloton back in the day That so, is fair uh, I, I do know that people are really You know pushing for a rower A lot of Peloton people wish That Peloton would do a rower So I mean I, I do think there's a market for it Yeah And Peloton introduced the music feature Last week where yes. you could save a song And yes. I was like who could complain about that People Surprise People complain Well you know just Apropos of nothing uh, A radio station That I follow Posted a little ad On Facebook That was (laughs) like That was like Hey You can go to The Missouri Department Of Conservation website And download their app To get updates On where all the Hiking trails are In Missouri And underneath it Somebody wrote (laughs) Keep your tick-borne Illnesses I'm not gonna do that And I'm just like There is literally Nothing you can post On the internet That some D-bag Won't bitch about yep. Like you just Bitched about an app That told you Where hiking trails are Like <laughs> could there be A less controversial thing To put on the internet And this son of a bitch Is complaining about it Ah Yeah that sums it up so yes, people did complain about the music feature. Uh, my understanding is that you cannot go in and change the music list if you have Apple. Now, to be clear, I don't know whether that's true or not because I don't have Apple products, so I am not saying that that is true or not true. I'm just saying that was the complaint. I do know that if you have Spotify, uh, Tom was he went in and immediately found that you can add items to the playlist that comes over from Peloton and you can also um, any playlist that's out there you can add songs to you could also download it to your library and yeah. then just put it in any playlist you want so um, so from a Spotify standpoint we are sure we are not sure on the Apple side because we don't have a way to test it we don't but that was the complaint checking in with the Peloton community. So uh, joining us today via Skype a phone is Linda Hodges. Hi, Linda. How's it going? Good. How are you? You know, playing along. It's <laughs> all you can do. Yeah. It's true. It's true. Well, I, my first question I always ask all of our guests is, how did you find Peloton? So, well, I had known about Peloton for quite a while. I'm in one of the you know big physician mom groups on Facebook, and people would talk about it for the last couple of years, but... You know, it never really piqued my interest at all because every single spin class I've ever taken, I've not enjoyed. Uh, I'll just put it mildly. I've hated it. (laughs) So what changed? I tried it. Well, you know, every single time I tried it, and it was only in medical school, so that was a long time ago. And I felt like, you know, they cram a bunch of bikes into the smallest room in the building with no ventilation and every single class I ever took was like that. Yeah. I'm like, is this the way spinning just is? Because man, I got to have a little bit of air. So I really just never went back and tried it. And so I've been kind of following it online and seeing everybody fall in love with it. And then last September I traveled and they had one at the hotel. I grabbed my iPad and went down and was just going to watch some show on the treadmill. And I walked in and I was like, Oh, well let's check this out. So I, just happened to, you know, I set up my account really quickly and I just happened to catch Dennis on like a 90s hip hop ride, which was totally my thing. And I had a lot of fun. And so then I went back the next day and did it again and had a lot of fun again. And so I I came home, stewed on it a little bit, talked to my husband about it, you know, because it is an expense. Sure. 
And then, you know, when we did some research and looked at, you know, resale values and the fact that I couldn't find one used anywhere, I thought, you know what, I'm not going to be out much if I don't like it. And so I just went for it and I've had it since I think October 2nd or 3rd. Oh, so like just of 2018. So you're pretty new. Wow. Mm, You were off to the races. Yeah. You just jumped right in there. That's great. I did. I did. And so were you were you pretty active before you got the Peloton? Like you said, you were going to go down for a run. So that kind of indicates you were you were pretty active. I take it. Yeah, I mean, I've always been pretty active, you know, with my with my job and my I work nights. I'm a critical care physician, so I work nights and then I have two clinics that I work at during the day. So my activity over the years has declined, but historically, I'm a runner, and I don't know, about 2011, I went out for a run, and about a mile and a half into it, I I said to myself, oh my God, I hate this, (laughs) and I walked home, and that was it for me. I mean, like, my love of running just completely took a dive, and which was sad because, you know, I have friends, and we would go do, like, you know, girls' weekends. We would meet and run our marathons and, you know, have social weekend. So it was a very social thing for me. And then and I'd done it for years. And then all of a sudden, I just lost it. I just completely lost the love entirely. So I mean, I would make myself do it. And I got into CrossFit for a few years. And I really liked that. But I just hadn't found something that was easy with my schedule that I didn't have to go to the gym for. And I really liked the social aspect of it, you know, that I could follow people and have some competitions with people that I like and those sorts of things. Do you have any idea why you just stopped liking running i've never heard that i've never heard anybody say they just stopped like and so i'm very curious i really don't know the only thing i can tell you is that i used to have no problems with you know internally motivating myself to get myself up at you know all during medical school and residency i got myself up at 345 and i was on the treadmill every single morning And that was when, you know, the show 24 was on. Yeah. (laughs) And so, like, I would only let myself watch that show on the treadmill. So I would, I mean, like, every morning the the alarm would go off. I'd be like, oh, my God, I got to go see what Jack Bauer's doing. (laughs) So that kept me motivated for several seasons. You know, Freakonomics says that that's one of the secrets to taking on a good habit is to mix a reward in with it. And one of the specific examples that they gave was, like, only exercise when you watch a show you really like. Then if you want to find out, especially 24 at its peak, it was always like, what's going to happen yeah, next? Yeah, it was super yes. cliffhangery. Yeah, so it's like, <laughs> oh, I want to know what's going to happen. I guess I have to exercise. That's a good idea. That was really smart. Yeah, and I still use that a little bit when I have to run, but now I, l- I like the tread. Yeah, I just lost that ability to make myself do it. And so then I found CrossFit, which, you know, you walk in, somebody kicks your ass for an hour, and then you walk out and you're done. And But I also then turned to trail running. I really, really like trail running. And there's a lot. Well, I was in St. Louis at the time, actually. Oh. So I would, yeah, so I would Did- get off work and then meet my friends in the morning at either, you know, Creve Corps Lake or... Um, Oh, what's the one out by Bush Wildlife? Lewis and Clark Trail. Yeah, yeah, that's a yeah, really long love. one in the Lewis and Clark Trail. Yeah, yeah. So um, why were you? So in- yeah, those. I really fell in love with the trails, and I still like that. But yeah, I just lost my love for road running. So why were you in St. Louis? Like did, you lived in St. Louis lose, for a while. Did you lose a bet? Like what? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm from Hannibal. Oh, so I was. 
Yeah. So after I got done with my critical care training up here in Iowa, I went to the University of Iowa. I took a job in St. Louis. Well, we lived in O'Fallon and I did critical care down there for, I don't know, two and a half, three years. Awesome. So you don't ever want to see a girl with pigtails and a gingham dress again for the rest of your life. No, that's I'm good. That's Hannibal. So that's home of Mark oh, Twain. Oh, I see and where so you're going with everything that. Everything yeah. is Mark Twain. Yeah, like, yeah. They yeah. have those Hannibal, the Mark Twain days, and everything yeah. too up there. Oh. Which I'm sure is cute if you're a tourist. Yeah. But if you live there, that probably a little bit of that probably goes, goes a, a long, long way. way. <laughs> it does, and I haven't been to those things in years, and I don't know. I would just, I, I'd have a hard time even taking my kids back. Just, I mean, it's great. Don't get me wrong, but. It's so hot and like, oh yeah, I've seen this every summer, you know, from when I was four till I was however old and yeah. Yeah, there's a reason he left. Right. Yeah. <laughs> she wanted to mix it up. I went to <laughs> Connecticut for another thing and his home that he lived in when he was a famous author is in Connecticut. Oh, that's oh, wow. right. You told me that. And so <laughs> it was me and a buddy and we, because we're nerds, we're like, let's do the Mark Twain tour. And so we did the tour. And it's so weird <laughs> being from Missouri. They like keep referring to him as like Connecticut's son, Mark Twain, and they're going on and on. And we like we keep kind of looking at each other like this is weird because <laughs> it's Missouri. He's Missouri. He's, like, he's we, our guy. Yeah. We've got so little, you know. Yeah, you like, guys don't even have the Mississippi River. Right? Right. Like, we, yeah, we like we we like we got Twain and Truman. Come on, and, exactly. And uh, Chuck Berry, I guess. Yeah, and Nelly. Yeah. That's and it. Nelly, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so. And so finally, like, the lady stops the tour, and she's like, is something wrong? And, I, and we're like, no, it's cool. And she's like, well, you guys keep looking at each other. And then she stops, and she's like, are you from Missouri? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, yeah, but twice a year this happens. We get somebody from Missouri, and they're like, he's not from Connecticut. Shut your hole. And, uh, and Mark Twain's ours. Yeah. And she's like, but, you know, he wrote all those books here. And I'm like, yeah, but he wrote them about us. So yeah. shut up. Right. If there's anything you should know about the Missourians after reading his books is we'll cut a bitch. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You're so chipper, Tom. I am. I am chipper. Well, tell us, tell us a little bit more about your medical background. I went to medical school in Kirksville, Missouri. Casey, I went to Truman State and then went to Kirksville College of Osteopathic Medicine. And I did my internal medicine residency there in Kirksville, spent some time at the University of Missouri as well, had to do some some training down there. And then after that, that was, so that was an extra three years. And then after that, I completed a critical care fellowship at the University of Iowa. So that was a, an extra two years. And then I ended up in St. Louis, and we were there until we moved back up here to Iowa in 2013 to be closer to my husband's family because I didn't, my parents died when I was younger, and we thought, you know what, we really wanted the kids to be around grandparents and cousins, so we came back up here. That makes sense, yeah. There's, uh, like, becoming a doctor... As someone who, as someone who's not a doctor, in case you didn't know, <laughs> yeah, I, you couldn't tell by well, my I've, demeanor. I've heard, I've yeah. heard sometimes but, when uh, you, <laughs> you travel, your doctor will keep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. So, like, it always seems like they're never done. They're like, oh, I went to school. And, and then, then I went I, to med school, and then I and went. <laughs> then I had a residency, and then I did this other thing. Because you have like, to do so many specialization training, right? Well, if, if you want to, and I have the affliction that I am interested in literally everything. So I, I got boarded in 
internal medicine and then critical care and then obesity medicine. And then I started this whole other branch of my my clinic up here. And I mean, seriously, you put something in front of me and I'll be like, oh, my God, that's so cool. I want to do that. And my husband's like, oh, my God, here we go again. Yeah, I, I, and I just, don't see how I you everything. find time to do everything like you were you sent an email and you were kind of saying, like, here's all the things I, I do. And I was just like, how are you like you work at night and then you have a clinic and then you have this other branch of the clinic. I don't even understand how you're getting all that done, plus a family, plus you're working out. What like you're like Superwoman? I don't understand how this is occurring. Do, do you? Are you able to stop time, or maybe you clone yourself? I just don't know any other way. <laughs> you know, one of my one of my nurses asked me one time. She's like, well, "What do you do just to chill out?" And I'm like, "I, I don't understand the question." <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you've got you've got one setting, and it's go. It really is. Yeah. Okay. That that does help me understand that a little bit. I've definitely got a second setting and it's not to go. <laughs> yeah. Yes, because you do so little in a week. I, I know. I, I am I'm certainly not bored, but I mean, she's got a lot going on. She does. She does. <laughs> so are you done or is there more to do? Are you still in school? Going back for your well, GED? Like what happens now? <laughs> <laughs> No, done with school, hopefully. But man, they just could get, you know, you're never, you never reach the end of medicine. You know, it's kind of like they say you never reach the end of the internet. I mean, medicine is never done. And they just keep coming out with so many cool things. And I don't know, it'll always be with adults. I don't do anything with kids. But yeah, it's just, it's just fascinating. Well, all the stuff they come out with, especially all the alternative medicine stuff. I mean, it's just, it's very fascinating. Tell me, tell me what, what obesity medicine is. I'm not familiar with that. So the last, gosh, I wish I knew the very first date, but the last probably 10 years or so, weight loss and obesity medicine has really became its own specialty. I had no idea. I did not know that. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's very weight management and weight regulation is very, very complex, obviously, because we don't know how to solve all of these problems. And we've, you know, as a society all over the world, we've tried pretty much everything to conquer obesity and and all those things. And nothing that we've done has been working. So we're just finding, you know, every single month that I feel like there's stuff coming out that is just more and more research that, oh, my gosh, there's this gene or or this, you know, neurotransmitter that's involved. I mean, there's so much involved with it that, you know, for an average primary care physician to be in charge of all the things that they're in charge of. And then also, you know, weight management is just an enormous task. So over time, it's just evolved into its its own specialty because it really is that complex. Wow. I read an article years back, which is something doctors love when you start a conversation. <laughs> well, I read on the Internet that this is what's wrong with me. But it, I always found it fascinating. That it's always stuck in my head, and I don't know if they've discovered any more or if maybe this is no longer even true. It was wrong to begin with. I don't know. But it was talking about how that there's something about the human body that like you gain weight slowly and that but there's there almost seems to be something magical about hitting 300 and that when you hit 300 like your weight gain just kicks into overdrive if you don't get that under control too sweet maybe i shouldn't have said sweet but <laughs> so my question is, is has is that was that accurate am i remembering that 
correctly and if i am has there been any more insight as to like why specifically that occurs i have not ever heard of that specific weight no i've not heard of that. okay like just the article and it was i forget where but it was like something it wasn't a medical journal but i wasn't just reading it on like you know health underscore info dot biz <laughs> like you right. know um and it was but yeah they just said that they don't understand why like it can take someone 30 years to hit 300 but then to get to 400 it'll be like six months like it's just like once you kind of tip over that it's just kush, kaboom you're you're going you know right and it could be too that you know the longer it takes to hit that weight you know, you're at an age where there's a lot of things happening anyway, especially if you're female, the hormones going berserk and, you know, things like that. So it could just be that those things kind of happen simultaneously. You know, you get to be that age where things aren't working quite as well as they used to. And you happen to be at that 300 mark. But no, I haven't heard the 300 pounds specifically. Gotcha. Well, everyone should remember that the non-doctor said that. About the 300 so <laughs> Don't walk away like But let, don't check it out you don't that's not something you want To trial just yeah yeah like don't Don't test it either but yeah All this talk about weight loss there was A post that you you made On in the fab fit 40s group and I and it was Really long and super interesting But I, I just kind of want To try to encapsulate that and basically You were telling people Hey, don't fear if you're not losing weight the instant that you start exercising. Like, it is not the end of the world, and there are a whole bunch of really good reasons why. Did I sum that up? Right. Okay. <laughs> so, good job. <laughs> so, can you kind of do like a layman's version for, for us that don't understand, you know, all the ins and outs of medicine? Why is that? Why, and why do people not know that? You know, I, I don't know why people don't know that. I don't know. I just I read everything that I can. And I, I don't know why people don't know that. I think the information is out there. But I think that a lot of times people don't search for the right things. And if they do, maybe they're not reading some of the scientific stuff that's a little more, you know, sciency versus just a regular, you know, article that they can find, you know, anywhere on the Internet. I, I truly don't know. But the information is out there. It's just you have to kind of know what to look for. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of us go by what we've always been told. And I think that there's so many tunnels of information coming at us, telling us different things. So it's like it's really hard to know what's true and what's not. Because if if you're a person who's like myself struggled with weight loss, especially over your entire life, the last thing you want to do is convince yourself that you're doing the right thing and just to hang in there when you're not because you've played that game your whole life in your head. So so like you're afraid you're just, you know, you're just convincing yourself and rationalizing. And you're wasting a lot of time. Yeah. Because when it doesn't work, you're going to stop and then you're going to try what Susie down the street tried and then you're going to try what your sister tried and. And you're going to read 20,000 articles and you're going to spend a lot of money on books or or program. I mean, yeah, it's it, it, there's definitely information overload when it comes to that, because it's I mean, it's a multi-billion dollar industry, a lot of information out there. So why is it that that you don't need to be alarmed if you're not? losing weight as soon as you start exercising? Because a, a lot of things, when you start exercising, a lot of things happen within the body. So we're, I'm just going to talk about the exercise part. I'm not even going to mention food at this point. Okay. So when you start exercising, you're going from a, if you start exercising from zero, or if you're at a certain level, 
and you either um, ramp it up a whole lot or completely change your routine to something different. I mean, the body freaks out. The body's like, oh, my God, what the hell is she doing to me? She's never done this before. And so it interprets stress and it interprets what you've done to it as trauma. And so in response to that, it's just kind of like any other trauma that you've done to your body. It's going to sequester fluids. And so if you've worked your quads really, really hard or you've done a big ab or a back workout, you're going to have some, you know, some swelling and some fluids going to those muscles just to repair, you know, the quote damage, the micro damage that you've done with that harder workout or when you start working out. So that's the first reason that people either gain weight when they start exercising or they certainly don't see, you know, an immediate loss on the scale just because the body's just like, okay, you've traumatized the muscle a little bit. And, you know, it's just kind of like spraining your ankle. When you sprain your ankle, fluid goes there and it swells. And that's exactly what happens in your muscles. And the bigger muscles you have, so a bigger woman or a bigger man is going to retain a lot more fluid in those big muscles than a petite woman or a smaller man. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. So, so like even just height or would that only be like muscle density that would change? Oh, just overall frame. So, you know, so I'm like 5'1". So, you know, if you compare me to a woman who's like 5'8 or 5'9", you know, she could easily retain five or six pounds of fluid in response to a really, really heavy workout. Whereas I may, you know, only gain four or five. She's going to gain a lot more just because she has more muscle that she's holding fluid in. Fascinating. So how long does it take for that to kind of ramp down? So we'll, we'll come back to that. Okay. The, the other part about that is when you start working out or you're doing something regularly. So you have that first part we just talked about, the trauma part. The second thing that happens is the body says, all right, she's obviously going to do this every single day. So I want to be ready for it. I don't want to be shocked in the morning when she gets up at 5 a.m. and starts riding her bike. So what the muscles will do is they'll store sugar or carbohydrates in the form of glycogen in the muscle. So it's ready to go. It's ready and it has quick energy right there for when you get on the bike. And so because the body is super, super efficient and it, it wants to be as lazy as it possibly can. And it doesn't want to draw, you know, it doesn't want to burn fat. It doesn't want to do anything. So it kind of cheats and stores glycogen in your muscles. So you're ready to go. And so for every molecule of glycogen you store, it requires three molecules of water. So you kind of have a double whammy there. You have the trauma thing going on and you're retaining water from that. And then you have this, you know, your body doing exactly what it's supposed to do you know, trying to prepare you so your next workout is easier. But that, in addition, puts on a little bit of water weight. It's scale weight is what we're talking about. We're not talking anything about fat. It's just a number on the scale. And it means nothing as far as weight loss or weight gain. I mean, it's just that number because of the fluid retention. Then how do you ever know when you can trust your scale? You really can't. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's depressing. (laughs) Like a bad boyfriend. Um, No, you... it. After a while, when you, you know, I tell my patients, if you know in your heart you're doing everything you're supposed to be doing, we kind of monitor the scale, sure, but that stuff will even out after a few weeks. Okay. But you you still might be up a few pounds just because your body's holding on to that glycogen and that water. But again, it's not fat weight. And so, number one, you have to feel comfortable with what you're doing. You have to say to yourself, I know I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, and while I don't like this number... I understand this number. But the second thing and the most important thing that you can possibly do if you're addicted to the scale is just go have your body composition done every few weeks and see exactly, 
you know, that body composition is a, you can, there's different forms, but it tells you exactly how much fat, how much water, how much muscle you have. And so if you're having a lot of fluid fluctuations with hormones or, you know, the changing your routine a lot, body composition is the most reliable way to really, really see your progress, not the scale. So what's the most reliable way to do body composition? Because they have like scales that say that they measure them, you know, your body composition and things like that. And I have no idea if those are accurate, but something tells me they're not. It seems like BS. To me. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think I think they're accurate to a point. But I think the, if you get something like that, the most important thing is that you're on that. I mean, you're trending your progress on that same scale. It may not be. I mean, if your percent body fat is really 25, but that scale says it's 30. You know, that's not accurate, but if on that scale, then it's 29, then it's 28, you know, you're at least trending in the right direction. But the gold standard for body composition is always going to be DEXA scanning, you know, the same thing that we do to check for osteoporosis and things like that. Okay. And so if you wanted to do that, you would contact your doctor to do that then? Well, most of the time, no. Um, most, of the, <laughs> most of the facilities that are going to do that for you are going to be freestanding like weight loss clinics or even research centers like universities that have a good exercise physiology department, those sorts of things. Oh, but, okay. But um, it's probably only yeah. a matter of time before like the TSA is doing that for us, right? <laughs> true, true. <laughs> Giving a blood sample yeah. and getting your body composition. Well, it works on right? two levels because then they, they can, like Southwest also knows if they need to sell you two tickets like. <laughs> True, true Well, so, okay, so then I have a question Because we have one of those little scales That say that, you know, it's tracking My body composition And um, I'm tracking your body composition <laughs> Tom <laughs> <laughs> She's like, oh dear <laughs> No, no <laughs> So, it doesn't really ever Seem to change much except for the water is all I ever like. I don't see that the the fat the fat goes up and the fat goes down. You know, it doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't like have an over trend. You know, like a trend that's just going one direction or the other. And I guess I'm curious. Does that have to do with because I don't do a lot of anything that's not cardio? I mean, almost everything I do is cardio. So is is that why I'm not seeing that, or am I just does that just mean I'm not effective? I don't I don't know. Or maybe the scale doesn't work. It could mean a lot of things. It could be that your body has just gotten used to what you're doing. And does it tell you your muscle mass? It does. Yeah. But like they both just kind of seem to just wiggle up and down. They don't really ever like if muscle mass is up, water weights down or bone densities up. And, you know, it it doesn't it doesn't really seem to ever I don't ever see a pattern in any of them. Yeah. You know, and I I can't really speak to those. Sure. Those devices. I, I truly don't know. But you could always, you know, have your results and then the same day go to one of these facilities and get the body composition done by one of the more reliable methods and then just compare how off yours is. Oh, yeah. That would be good. Well, do you have a scale you recommend? Do you have your own line? <laughs> no, I don't have my... I have the one that I use in my office and it's called an InBody, I-N-B-O-D-Y. And it's, I mean, it's made for clinics. It's not something that I would imagine somebody would purchase for their home. So if you're looking to buy or not to buy, if you're looking to get your body composition done, you can always just Google, you know, body composition St. Louis. Okay. Or, you know, in in body St. Louis, you know, something like that. You're I mean, down there you're going to find something. Okay. And then you can always look at I know up here it closed, but I think uh, complete nutrition, the the supplement stores, I think they have quite a few of those down there. 
up here, they had free body composition testing with in-body scales that I know a lot of people went to. Oh. So if they have those down there, so a lot of the supplement stores will do this for you for free if you can tolerate a, you know, <laughs> a, a sales pitch. A hard sell on vitamins. Yeah. You know, yeah. Have so many pills that you have to start counting the calories. <laughs> and then you're so full you can't eat. Right. That's, that's how it's actually a meal replacement. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, so that, and if you can't find anything, I wouldn't hesitate to even call like one of the universities exercise physiology or exercise science and just say, hey, because I know that they do all of this stuff. And, you know, I'm really interested in this. I'm following this. Is Was there any way that I could come and get my body composition tested? I would really, really be surprised if they said no. Huh. Well, that's a good idea. That's fascinating. Yeah. Is there like a certain percentage that you should be, you know, for water versus muscle versus fat? No, not really. I more look at the individual person. You know, always we should probably be under, you know, 28 to 30 percent body fat. And while I do look at that, especially for my women, I really, really focus on the muscle mass when I look at body composition a lot more than I focus on the body fat, simply because if we're working out and exercising, you know, how we're supposed to and our diet is in check, the body fat's going to go down unless there's something off somewhere else, thyroid or, you know, something like that. But I really follow the muscle mass a lot more with my body compositions than than anything else. Interesting. Okay. I mean, I guess that makes sense because you're kind of focusing on the positive gain instead of (laughs) 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 that makes sense. Right, right. And I just it's so important, um, again, especially for for women that we strength train and keep that muscle mass up. So we're just not frail and, you know, frail little old ladies that are going to break our hip the second we fall. (laughs) With the idea that like your body holds on to certain things when you're exercising, is there something people can do to goose that is there something they can eat different or is you just gotta own it you just have to own it and and understand the process and have faith that your body's protecting you is what it's doing it's you know it's preparing for your next workout and it's repairing the muscles you know that you've worked out so just truly having faith that that's what it's supposed to be doing and understanding the process However, you know, carbohydrates are always going to cause some fluid retention, especially if you have a little more one day versus the versus another. I'm not saying everybody should, you know, throw out their carbs. I'm not saying that at all. But, you know, if you eat a certain amount, a baseline of, you know, carbohydrates on, you know, Monday through Friday, and then Friday night, you have excess, you know, Saturday, Sunday, you may be up a few pounds because that's just what happens when we process carbohydrates we hold on to extra water yeah i see that so that's also going to add to that i see that a lot because i tend when i when i'm trying to lose weight i i tend to low carb it just because that's kind of fits what i already like like that's the least amount of sacrifice for me and i can lose a ton of weight and then if i'm like oh we're gonna go on vacation and you know i i go off for like three days even if i don't eat tons but just go back eating carbs at a kind of a normal level it's like i'll instantly gain like three to five pounds yeah yeah it's just it's just fluid retention that's not fat weight just fluid retention in response to the carbs but yep that's pretty normal okay well i always try to remind myself when i'm in weight loss mode or trying to be in weight loss mode i didn't get fat quick <laughs> right you know? that's exactly right so i'm not gonna get unfat quick you know, that's exactly right. Most of us want to lose weight like six years ago, though. So, yeah, yeah. totally. I just I, that's that's what I kind of tell myself to maintain some modicum of patience. Yeah. I mean, and, and to that point, what should people be focusing on if they shouldn't be, you know, addicted to the scale and, and they shouldn't freak out about that? Then how should they approach it? You know, there's there's so much more to progress than the scale. So, you know, are, how are your clothes fitting 
you know, how's your energy? How's your sleep? How's your performance? Especially, you know, people that are on the bike, you know, are you sacrificing performance just to reach a number on the scale, which is something I always discourage because there's always a balance there of, you know, what we can eat to maximize whatever performance we're taking in. So if people aren't fueling themselves properly, I hate to see performance take a hit. Especially people like us who, you know, we look at that output and <laughs> we want it to be a certain place. Yeah. So all of those things cumulatively are what needs to be looked at. But man, we are so fixated on that scale number. And it's just that's what's been programmed into our head. And that's what, you know, that's what's focused on when we go to the doctor. And nobody cares that your body fat's pretty good and your muscle mass is through the roof. It's just that's that, you know, the weight number is kind of what people focus on. So you just kind of have to understand how it works and what's truly important. And you have to have faith that you are doing what you're supposed to be doing. And your work in the world of obesity, like how much of your work is driven by dietary changes and exercise? Like when's when's the point or is there a point when you're like, oh, you should look at a weight loss surgery? You know, weight loss surgery is a wonderful thing, but surgery in itself is something that I would hope everybody would want to avoid if at all possible. You know, I know that's not quite an answer to your question, but, you know, a lot of times people come to me wanting to lose weight to qualify for surgery just to prepare for surgery. And, you know, or they come to me wanting to avoid it altogether. And so if we reach a point where they're still having health problems, they're, you know, still hypertensive, they still have, you know, diabetic issues, even though we've got a significant amount of weight off of them, at that point, we'll start considering looking at surgery and make that referral. Hmm. And, and, and of course, if they want that, if they don't want it, we just keep going. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it can be dangerous. I think people, they get so focused on the success stories. I mean, I had a, a pretty close friend of the family who had weight loss surgery and needed it, like not to be mean, but he was very large and had been for a very long time. And he did not make it like yeah. he got infections and spent the last six, six, eight months of his life in a bed with basically a giant open wound as they tried to get him better and they just never could. So, I mean, that's a real thing. That's not just like, oh, it's a one in a million. I'll be fine. Right. It happens. Yeah, it does happen. And and I, I'm the most awful person to ask about that because <laughs> I'm I'm a critical care doctor. So I see the worst outcomes of every single procedure <laughs> imaginable. I don't see the 99 percent of stuff that goes well. I see the one percent that goes wrong. And I'm like, oh, my God, don't have that. <laughs> it's like having a cop for a parent. Like all, exactly. all they know exactly. is when everything goes awful. Yeah, exactly. That's all I see. So yeah, I always like. Well, you know, I'm 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 pretty biased here because I've only seen like the three cases that you know the unimaginable happened. But yeah, yeah, every procedure is has its risks. Well, that's good to remember. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's not just because it's a quicker fix doesn't mean that it it's going to be a hundred percent successful. And you really have to weigh the risks and make sure that that makes sense for you. Well, and you have to realize it's still lifelong. I mean, I have several patients in my practice who've had weight loss surgery and, you know, didn't keep up with their supplements and their vitamins, especially with certain procedures, you can get a lot of malabsorption. So their vitamins are all out of whack. And if they don't, I mean, it's, it's lifelong from that point. And if you're not ready to take on that commitment, it can be a really, really bad idea. Yeah, it's not just a magic wand. And a lot of times, too, it affects what and how you can eat forever and if you indeed if you try to veer off yeah. that you're you're going to get really sick or do some serious damage so it's like if you already have a problem with willpower and it's like well, but now if you can't keep your willpower in check you're going to do some serious damage to yourself too like that's you know it's not a panacea that's for sure definitely yeah exactly 
given that you've been super helpful in explaining all this, if, if people have questions out there in Pelotonia, would you like them to contact you? Or is that, you know, I mean, you might have a lot of people contact <laughs> <Yeah>. you. So. <laughs> so I don't know how you feel about that. You know, the, the easiest way would be just to find me on social media and, you know, post a question to either my clinic's Facebook page and I'll, you know, ask as best I can, obviously, with without making any diagnosis or anything. But, you know, in, in the Fit Fab 40s group, I, I love giving advice. I think, you know, I, I think it's a cry and shame that this information is just not more readily available. It's out there. But a lot of times it's not worded in a way that, you know, many people understand. And I don't mean that bad at all. I just mean a lot of people don't speak medicine. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when I say, oh, well, your body's undergoing inflammation and it's sequestering fluids. I mean, they gloss over. But if I say, hey, your body freaks out and holds on to water. okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's Um, definitely more acceptable. (laughs) Right. Right. My body also does that when I eat a lot of pizza. Is that normal? It does. Yeah. Yes, it does. Mine does too. It's all those carbs. My yeah. Sugar cookies for me. That's what it does it with sugar cookies. If I wring the pizza out first so it has less fluids, <laughs> will that still has carbs, no? babe? Damn it! And no, I found an no. end run. Maybe, maybe if you just scalp the pizza and leave the crust there, just, that's what I call it: scalping the pizza. Just eat the toppings. You know? Just eat the topping. Oh, that's just that might help. Like a really thin lasagna. She's just trying to help you, babe. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what is your leaderboard name? My leaderboard name. I changed it actually <laughs> a few a few months ago. It was Doctor Healthy Weight because that's all my social media handles. Okay. Um, Br Healthy Weight, but. I just, you know, I felt like, you know, as a professional, I'm not a professional on the bike. So I wanted something that more represented my life. Yeah. So my leader, my leaderboard name is Doc Mom Tired AF. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine why. Yeah, it's not like what, you're not doing anything. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> uh, and, and do you have any advice for people who are just joining Peloton? You know, kind of what I've already said, just be prepared if you're just starting out that, you know, nothing's going to there's no miracle to any of this. Just get fit, do what you're supposed to be doing and, and know in your heart you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. And don't put so much emphasis on the scale because, you know, that's going to be 80 to 90 percent diet, to be quite honest. OK, um, you can't out exercise a bad diet, you know, as the saying goes. And that is so, so true. And just do it. Just show up and do it. Unless you're Michael Phelps. <laughs> He can out exercise yeah. a bad diet. <laughs> okay, so Olympic <laughs> swimmers aside, right. <laughs> I know I saw I saw this meme the other day of this gal like she's like totally dressed up, but she's wearing these swim goggles. And the and the caption was when I found out, when I found out Michael Phelps could eat twelve thousand calories in a day. <laughs> <laughs> she's like she's ready. Yeah. I saw that she's too. Ready. That's really yeah. cute. <laughs> I wish, but I heard he rides too. So. He does. He does. Yeah. He does. Yeah. I, you know, I'm not. I hear you guys talking about all these people, and I wish I had more time to follow everybody and get to know everybody because it seems like everybody has is so interesting and so much fun i just am like oh my gosh i i just cannot keep up with all these people so are you talking about just people in the community or do you mean the celebrities who also ride no just all the peloton community people well i don't know if you're planning on going to the homecoming but that's a great way to meet lots of people Oh, I wish. Yeah, I've been hearing you guys talk about that. I wish. (laughs) It's fun. It is a lot of fun. Well, if you get a chance to go like during one of the 
HRIs that the the groups have, I highly suggest you do that because getting an opportunity to meet people and talk to them in person, it offers a deeper connection. And so when you do see them online, it's like greeting your best friend. So it's really right. great. <laughs> yeah, it's such a welcoming community. It's been awesome. It, it really is. It's I think the best thing ever. <laughs> Are you getting a tread, by the way? Because you said that uh, she hates running. What's I know. Gonna, I, know I crossed it off my list you know, of things to ask. <laughs> She's like, I used to run, and then one day I was like, this sucks, and I'm like, mental note: <laughs> don't ask about well, tread. I really like the tread workouts. I have a treadmill at home. Okay, and um, and I do I do run. I really really have enjoyed the tread workouts. Now, do I enjoy it enough to spend that much money? I don't know, but I tried it out. My son and I went to Chicago last weekend just for a mother-son trip, and I, I went to, oh gosh, it's right there on the Magnificent Mile, and they had a little shop set up, and so I went to see it, and oh my gosh, it was just amazing. I loved it. I absolutely loved it, but I don't know that I can justify the cost right now. I totally understand, but that screen, though... <laughs> I know I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. You're gonna and then, need to start laying the groundwork at home, though, about how you don't hate running anymore. Yeah, you like, get the ease. No back spouse in. is gonna sign off on. Hey, I hate this thing, and I'm gonna buy this real, this other thing to do it with. Like, <laughs> right? Well, and my daughter, she's doing cross country now. Okay. Oh, so there you go. Uh, that's maybe, good we end. Could, maybe we could justify oh, it. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, no, I really, really want it, but. I don't know that I could convince him to to go along with that. Yeah, that's that's fair. I I do understand. It's a big so chunk of money. <laughs> I'll, I'll let the I'll let the bike turn one before I. Okay, start yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Mm, that's... I forgot that she just got yeah. in October. So yeah. Well, and when I ordered it, I, I had just found out about the tread, and when I ordered it, when I called, I was like, um. Can I order both of these? Would you give me a discount if I order both of these at the same time? Because I would have done it. Yeah. And she, and she said no. <laughs> she was like, "Lady, we're selling these so fast, we yeah. can't even keep them on the shelves." <laughs> and I'm like, "Okay, darn." And I, I figured, but you know, hey, you don't know if you don't ask. That's right. Right. So, uh, well, I guess thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to join us, and I'm I can tell it is a busy day. Yes, definitely. Thank you very much. You are very welcome. I so appreciate the the ask. <laughs> well, we appreciate you taking the time. And uh, where can people find you and all the various social media channels and things that you would like to plug or talk about? Like this is a good window. Ooh, so <laughs> my website is exceptionalweightloss.com. And that is where you can find links to like the, the clinic's Facebook page, my own Facebook page, Twitter and Instagram. I'm mostly on Facebook, but I am trying to do the Twitter and Instagram thing <laughs> when I can. It seems like you get lost in there and never come up for air. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that's and I just wrote a book and I'm doing an online program that will be gosh, probably in the next month, be ready to go. So yeah, I got a lot of things going on. Well, tell, tell us the name of your book. The book is called Weight Loss That Works, Secrets to Restore Confidence and Reclaiming Your Body. It's based on the conversations that I've had with pa- the same conversations that I've had <laughs> with multiple patients multiple times over all of these years. You know, kind of some of the stuff like I have to remind patients all the time just about the the weight loss with or the weight gain with exercise, you know, to remind them, hey, you started something different. Remember, don't get frustrated. This is going to happen. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. So it just kind of goes into, you know, some of the explanation of how weight loss works so people don't get so frustrated and, you know, throw in the towel. And then, you know, depending on when you throw in the towel, that kind of dictates if you gain back more weight than you've lost. So just a lot of stuff that 
you know, people need to do some evaluations of themselves before they can even decide on what sort of program that might even be best for them. And if people would like to find that book, is that like something they can find on Amazon or where can they find your book? Okay. It's it's on the Kindle version and on Amazon and the paper. I'm proofing the paperback right now. So yeah, and then the online program is going to be based off the book. It's going to be eight weeks, which will be kind of equivalent to spending about six months with me in the clinic. Wow. Wow. That's really cool. Oh, yeah. Very powerful. And then, of course, the aforementioned line of scales that you're starting. It's <laughs> <laughs> in October. Gives you your weight you know, with a, my, with a my little... My scales are going to be, though, you step on them, and it's not going to give you a number. You're going to step on the scale, and it's going to be like, girl, you look good today. Like <laughs> I love it. I was going to be like, it gives you the number with a little asterisk next to it. And it says, you worked out a lot. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to be great. And I saw these dishes online and at the bottom of, of like every plate or like around every plate was like a comment of, do you really need this? <laughs> yeah, but I, I thought that was so genius. Like a whole set of dishes with stuff like that written on it. But I won't read it, it until hilarious. I already picked up the food. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, you should read it when you're filling your plate, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> right. Was this on your plan for today? <laughs> Oh, well, thank you again. This has been awesome. Yes, we really appreciate it. You're so welcome. And Crystal, I'll follow you on social media. Okay, <laughs> I will follow you back. <laughs> All right. I'll talk to you guys later. Talk to you later. Okay. Bye-bye. Here's today's recipe for success. So does Linda have a recipe for us? She does, and it will be, uh, it's, it's very healthy, and it was good for everyone, and I cannot find it and i am all out of sorts with all the cara thing sure, happening yeah but I, I i know that it's in my emails and i am going to post it on the website so i my apologies to linda and to all of you for not having it but she did send a recipe and so. we will find it and we will post it online at uh, facebook.com slash the clip out and on, of course on our website the clip out.com so uh, i guess that brings this episode to a close what pray tell do you have in store for people next week Jonathan Swersey. Awesome. Yes. So uh, that's what we will do for people next week. Yes. And we'll bring you more updates on the dog. Yes. Hopefully positive ones. And the more longer we go without a call, the better, the more likely it is we will get a positive update. So fingers crossed. And yes. thank you everyone again for being so kind and supportive. So it means a lot to us. Um, so until then, where can people find you? They can find me at facebook.com slash crystal D O'Keefe. They can find me on Instagram and Twitter on the bike. And of course the tread at clip out crystal. And you can find me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. And uh, if you want to find the show online, you can do that at facebook.com slash the clip out while you're there, join the group. And of course, don't forget we're available on Apple Podcasts. Please go uh, rate, review, and subscribe. So uh, that's it for this one. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, keep pedaling. And running.